As Harold Bloom just said, Whitman became a kind of visiting angel in Civil War field hospitals. But what initially prompted Whitman to leave New York during the Civil War? In 1862, Whitman received word that his brother, George, had been wounded at the Battle of Fredericksburg. Fearing the worst, he traveled down to the Virginia battle site. Much to Whitman's relief, he found that his brother had sustained only minor injuries. While he was there, Whitman was moved by an especially brutal scene. He records a dramatic moment where he's standing in front of this field hospital and sees at the foot of two trees a pile of amputated limbs. He says, a full load for a one-horse cart. And these are limbs that had been thrown out the windows of the surgery in the haste of the battle and the emergencies. That scholar and artist Robert Schultz, he says that this was the inciting incident that sparked Whitman's passion for tending the wounded. And then he saw the men, and he traveled back by boat and rail to the Washington, D.C. hospitals and, and stays there for the duration of the war. He finds clerical work in the government, but spends his most uh, valuable hours among the men in the hospitals. How old was he at this time? Well, let's see. Um, he was in his mid-30s. He's in his middle age. And he, he really gave himself, even his health. I mean, it was a terrific strain. He talked to Horace Traubel, the man who documented almost everything Whitman said late in life when he was living back in Camden, New Jersey in the years before he died. And he told Traubel about the way he ruined his health. He suffered a few strokes, pretty bad strokes at the end of the war. He, he really wore himself out. So he told Traubel, you know, I had to pay a lot for this experience, but it seemed cheap. And then he says, and what did I get? Well, I got the boys. For one thing, the boys, thousands of them, they were, they are, they will be mine. I gave myself for them, myself. I got the boys, then I got Leaves of Grass, the consummated book, the last confirming word. So he understood that his vocation during the war and the writing that he did completed and consummated this lifelong book, Leaves of Grass, that he started building in 1855. So he dealt with Confederate soldiers as well. How would that have been? Well, whoever was wounded and got scooped up was tended all the way back to D.C. and in the hospitals. They were not separated out. And what was his sympathy toward them? Did he sort of hold them to account for rebellion against the United States, or did he approach them on a more personal level? Well, that's really interesting, because there are sorts of two levels here in which he deals with any individual. And certainly we know he was all for union. He would certainly have condemned the rebellion, as he would have termed it. Mm -hmm. And he would have certainly judged the soldiers who fought on the wrong side. But then on another deeper level, the one that we see in Song of Myself and all through the career, there was a sense that every man is, every woman is an eternal soul in passage through this lifetime toward an eventual transcendental perfection. And in his wonderful 
post-war poem Reconciliation, we see uh, this gesture whereby he honors the enemy. He says, For my enemy is dead. A man divine as myself is dead. I look where he lies white-faced and still in the coffin. I draw near, bend down, and touch lightly with my lips the white face in the coffin. So at some ultimate level, he believed in every self as divine. There's a sympathetic tone in Whitman that we also find in Abraham Lincoln. Maybe you could talk about the relationship that those two men had and what Lincoln meant for Whitman. Well, he first saw him when Lincoln was traveling to D.C. after his election, and he only ever saw Lincoln from afar. I never met. There's some evidence that Leaves of Grass was seen by Lincoln in his Illinois law offices. Hmm. We don't know for sure. Let's assume that it was. I I just like that (laughs) image too much. (laughs) Yeah, me too. But from the very beginning, from his first glance at this Westerner, this tall, bearded Westerner, uh, Whitman idealized him. I mean, he always thought of the Western states and its dirty hands, its uh, brawny shoulders, uh, the, the men and women, a kind of American rough or pioneer, mm-hmm. and idealized them as the, the strength and sinews of the nation. And once Whitman had an apartment in D.C. during the war years, it turns out that his street was on the route that Lincoln took in from Soldier's Home when he spent the nights out there during the hot summers. And often Whitman would apparently stand in the street and and see the president go by in his carriage or sometimes simply on a horse with uh, a few cavalry accompanying him. And he records various sightings and says that once... He thinks that they met eyes and wonders if there had been a recognition. You're involved in a a very interesting effort of your own, an art project, War Memoranda. Uh, Can you tell us about that? Yes, uh, sure. It started quite a long time ago when I first saw some very interesting artwork by the photographer Ben Don, who works in the Bay Area. And uh, his work was about the Vietnam War and the Cambodian genocide, but he took iconic photographs and and the Khmer Rouge portraits of of their captives and developed these images in the flesh of leaves through a chlorophyll action, that kind of sun prints. Hmm. And I walked into the Art Museum of Western Virginia about 12 years ago and saw these things, and they just knocked my socks off. Uh, You know, these genocide victims resurrected in, in leaves that grew out of the ground, and I thought, you know, does this guy know Whitman? <laughs> right. This, this is amazing. I mean, this is the central trope of Whitman. Death goes into the ground and life comes back out of it. So I contacted him and I started writing poems in response to these beautiful artworks. And someone else must have uh, fallen in love with this work because Holland's University invited him to spend a semester here as a resident. And we started working together face to face. And he had not read Whitman, so... I took care of that, <laughs> and uh, we uh, we started traveling up the East Coast, visiting the battlefield sites, and he's very much a landscape photographer, too, and 
in these car trips, we started talking about Whitman and the Civil War landscape and art. And uh, an art exhibition developed out of it. And recently, we've made a book um, encapsulating our our art response to Whitman and the war. And it's called War Memoranda Photography, Walt Whitman and Memorials. Well, you know, in recent years, people have criticized the Confederate memorials as a kind of false attempt at reconciliation, as, as a kind of shallow reconciliation over the lives of African-American people. So how would Whitman's ideas of reconciliation differ from those ideas of reconciliation we see in the lost cause? I think he has delivered an uncannily direct rebuke to the white nationalists who marched in Charlottesville chanting the Nazi slogan, Blood and Soil. Because for Whitman, American blood in American soil was not a tribal claim. And for him, the land entire, as he called it, was the most fitting memorial to the war dead. Um, And he wrote in memoranda during the war about the war dead south or north, ours all, and said the land entire is saturated perfumed with their impalpable ashes, exhalation, in nature's chemistry distilled, and shall be so forever, in every future grain of wheat and ear of corn, and every flower that grows and every breath we draw. So Whitman really is the poet of egalitarianism, of acceptance, of embrace rather than rejection. Do you think we'll be listening to him with new ears now? I hope people get sent back to Whitman to to read him because... You know, the, the biggest thing I feel when I, when I think of Whitman is, I mean, this picture comes into my mind of, of the aged Whitman, sort of barrel-chested, arms spread wide, because, you know, he made his discriminations, he made his judgments, but finally, his embrace was wide and his vision was hopeful and humane, and um, we could use that right now. Robert Schultz is the John P. Fishwick Professor of English at Roanoke College and the co-author of War Memoranda, Photography, Walt Whitman, and Memorials.